Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Second best away record, taking on the seventh best home record here at Home Park, and it is Plymouth who get us underway. It's underneath that one, hit it. It's a good header to Forster Kasky. Sort of lets it go if you like to uh, Stockley, who finds Miller out on this left-hand side. He's attacking the penalty area. Into the penalty area he goes, drills it across. Oh, now avoids everybody. Forster Kasky with a header. Has buried it for Charlton, and there's a What's he flag on for? the line. He's flagging for a handball. Surely not. It's in the back of the net. Run back to the halfway line. 1-0, end of. Oh, no, the linesman was flagging, and I thought at first it was offside, but he's flagging yeah. because the man on the line handballed it but didn't <laughs> keep it out of the net, and Charlton have taken the lead with 25 and a half minutes gone. Listen, that is brilliant wing play from Miller to set that up. He goes back out to Forster Kasky. He's got Watson behind him. It'll touch back into Forster Kasky. Uses Matthews out to the right-hand side. Ball into the box. It's a good one. Stockley's there, and there's the goal. What a fantastic finish from Stockley. But the cross was sublime and gave it to him on, on his head, on the dive. Charlton tuned it up. Yeah, what a great time to score a second. 15 seconds on the clock till we get to 45, and that's all about the delivery for me. Oh, sends the ball into the box. It's a strange header from Matthews. It's gone back into the penalty area, into the danger, and that's another superb block. I think it was the skipper, Pierce, and it allowed Amos to land on it and now his quick throw has sent Miller away down the Charlton left-hand side he's into the Plymouth half heading towards the corner of the penalty area he's up against McLeod cuts back in his right takes the shot takes a deflection oh and it's gone in that's heartbreak for Plymouth and it's gone in off I think that's Watts and Charlton have got a third <laughs> do you know what I've just written notes down about the chance the other end is immaterial now because that is a brilliant counter-attack Ball forwards cut out by Matthews into Watson. Launches it forward, Watson, but there's uh, nobody there in the red shirt, although the uh, clearance almost went straight to Jaisimi, but it did. The ricochet did go to Forster Caskill. He's managed to set up Stockley, who finds Miller. That's a lovely ball in the box, and that's a superb finish by Alex Gilby. It was a move out here on this right hand side between Watson and Miller. Uh, sorry, <laughs> Stockley and Miller. And in the end, the ball went across into the box. A lovely ball into the box it was. Gilby running into the penalty area, met it with his right foot, drilled it past the left hand of Cooper. And Charlton are now 4 0 up. I mean, that as an execution is first class from Gilby. It's taken some huge results already coming in in League One, which I'm sure you already know, but we'll update you shortly as Charlton. 
Again, intercepted in the shape of Matthews, the ball forward. Jayasumi into Stockley, lets it run. That's a finish from Miller. And Charlton have five. Lovely interception again from Matthews on this right-hand side. Picked out Jayasumi, the ball in. Headed towards Stockley, just dummied it and allowed the ball to run into Miller, who finished first time with his right foot beyond Cooper to give Charlton a 5-0 lead. Taking risks now, Plymouth, and that was excellent execution in terms of the finish from Miller, but a wonderful dummy from Stockley. Jai Simi making a good decision. He could have taken that ball out his feet and tried to go for a goal himself, but he weighted the pass perfectly across the Stockley. Outside of his foot finds Shinny. Sends the ball to the right-hand side with Prattley, who's the willing runner. Lovely ball into the box, looking for an EK. He's found him and he's tucked it home. Tucks an EK with a superb little finish. But the run from Prattley, the outside ball, ball with the outside of his foot from Morgan, all contributed to a lovely move down our right-hand side, which the ball in from Prattley to pick out an EK was sublime. And he just poked it and tucked it past Cooper, who advanced on him to put Charlton 6-0 up. Comfortably able to send it back to Amos from virtually from the halfway line. So that is the final whistle. Referee Sam Perkis brings the evening to a close, and it's an evening that Charlton will remember for a while. Six of the best. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. My name is Louis Mendes, and joining me on this week's big match preview to look back at a record equaling. 6-0 away win at Plymouth and of course ahead to Saturday's big home game uh, with Peterborough first up we got Nath Nath uh, did you enjoy some lovely six there buzzing absolutely buzzing uh, I didn't expect that coming out but um, yeah no it was good it was good to see us to play with a little bit of um, bit of freedom a bit of fluidity and we took our chances for a change and it was probably one of the most games I've been so comfortable in a, probably a long while. I mean, yeah. even the Wimbledon game, we weren't exactly comfortable, but yeah, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, lovely stuff. And also joining us to look back at that game is the chef, Mark Newby. How are you doing, Mark? I'm good. It's my third show in a row, so that's my hat trick, so I will be keeping the microphone. Oh, well done you. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, <laughs> are you well? Did you enjoy the game on Tuesday? I, I loved it. Like Nathan said, it was nice to be able to sit and watch a game and feel, you know what, this is just nicely controlled and... You know, and feel at peace and not kind of like, oh, they're going to get back into it. And the thing is, you know, I had to keep looking to make sure they were still on the pitch, Plymouth. I thought we'd given up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, crazy, really, especially considering the, the way the game started as well. So we'll be looking back at that game. We're going to hear, of course, from the Addicts boss, uh, Nigel Atkins. Have a little chat uh, about the uh, interesting uh, week that uh, the top six teams, apparently, yeah, in this country have had. Obviously, with the Super League, we'll hear Nigel's thoughts on that as well. Uh, and then, of course, we will look ahead to that game uh, with Peterborough. We've got your tweets and emails to read out as well. So, I mean, we just heard the goals there, Nathan. Um, I mean, easy to forget now, but we actually started pretty much on the back foot in that game. But, you know, once, once we took the lead and, and, and obviously got the second just before half-time, then, you know, within 11 minutes of, of the second half starting, we're 5-0 up and coasting. Then it was all about just seeing if we could break the record. And we couldn't quite uh, break uh, our away league record, but we could equal it. So better than nothing. And yeah, I mean, I, I, when I was asking you at the top of the show, if you enjoyed it, it would it, you'd be a hard man to please if you said no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, magic. Yeah, it was all right, to be fair. But, <laughs> but uh, no, I think you said it there. I think we should struggled a little bit first half, um, start the game rather. Um, similar to Ipswich really, they pushed their full-backs really high, their wing-backs game obviously because they play with a three, but, and we couldn't really get out, it forced sort of Liam and, you know, DJ back a little bit and 
we were sort of trying to, we couldn't really build any sustained pressure. We, we was going long to Stockley and it weren't sticking or if it was, there weren't enough people around him and yeah, we had a sort of a sluggish start and um, I think the key was, I think Brownie said that on um, comms, you know, if we get that first goal, I mean, our, you know, our Plymouth going to have it in them to try and stick at it really and obviously they didn't. So yeah, tricky start to the game but um, yeah, I mean, obviously the goal, so we're coming to the goal, but the goal after um, half time, I think, set the tone because that two nil scoreline is really dangerous. Because if they get one, then you know naturally you sit deep, and then we're sort of clanging a little bit. So I think as soon as that third goal went in after half time, I thought the shackles were released. Plymouth gave up; they were already at sea. Um, might have, might as well have been playing bowls like. Um, who was it? I don't know if it was uh, Nigel done it in his interview. Um, some fella, post- some fella from history. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't remember his name. It was it. Um, so Francis, Francis Drake. Drake. That's, Drake. Like, there we go. that's the one. I'm, yeah. I'm disgusted that neither of you two know yeah. that. No, no I fairness, did. I Mark, we, we weren't there like you were. So <laughs> <laughs> he was playing bowls with Francis yeah, Drake. Exactly. <laughs> hey, hey, he ne- he needed feeding. That's not my job. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Mark, I mean, Mark Nathan mentioned it there. I mean. It, it didn't really feel like a 6-0 game at half-time. Like, you know, and, and the worry was if Plymouth got back into it, especially considering the decent start they'd had to the game, then that really could have put us on the back foot. So that third goal really was pivotal. And, of course, it came just seconds after Ben Amos was forced into a save. You know, we heard in the highlights, we went straight down the other end and, and, and scored. And, and, again, it just shows how vital Ben's been over the last few weeks for us as well. I mean, you don't often say that when, when your team scored six at one end. Uh, you don't often have to praise the goalkeeper, but he, he did play a massive part in that victory. He did, and it could have totally gone the other way. If they'd scored early in the second half, then you're nervous because they're pushing forward. But he's made a great save, great distribution. Miller's run 80 yards. And, it, you know, for, for OK, it was a, a lone goal finish, but that, that broke them. As soon as that went in, you just saw shoulders dropping and spaces opened for us. But, you know, Amos has 16 clean sheets. You know, this season, and it's considering how many goals we've conceded, and he's conceded some absolute worldies against him, and we know he's a good keeper. So, you know, I, I just thought to myself, you know, it's that movement, and it's funny you could talk about the start of a game, because I talked about the sort of like the Ipswich game as almost the same. They sort of like came at us with full tempo for sort of like the first five, ten minutes, which is what Plymouth did. And because they'd seen early in the season, that's when we crumbled. You know, we, we let in silly goals and that was it. And we were always on the back foot after that. You know, there's, there's steel in this side now, um, whether it's a mindset or whether it's the personnel changing. But there's, you know, it's a row of steel. And, you know, once they couldn't crack that, I think they were there to be um, picked off. So, you know, it was very satisfying. Now, it's a... It's, it's a shame that Tom's not here really to discuss uh, Liam Miller's performance on the night now because uh, he were <laughs> sort of re- returned to form. And, you know, Tom, Tom's found him frustrating at times this, this, this season. And to be fair, I have as well. But, you know, he's, he's started delivering the, the goods again on, on, on Tuesday night. Deserved the goal. He got involved in, in quite a few of the moves. And, and it was his uh, excellent play that in the end led to the, the opening goal, despite the, the most pathetic attempt at a handball off the line you've ever seen. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. I know. To be fair to Tom, I mean, I've, obviously in our WhatsApp group, I mean, I found, um, you know, as as the time, I mean, he came on and he'd done very well, uh, Liam, when he first started, um, and he just seemed to to become a little bit more predictable, and his composure seemed to lack in that final third, um, and it was getting frustrating for me because it was like, come on, you know, you're better than that, and we knew, and it was just the same. It just kept we kept it. It reminded me a lot like. Um, 
like a Lloyd Sam. You know, Lloyd Sam used to really excite me at times, but then his final ball always used to be a hit or a miss, and it used to be frustrating. But yeah, I mean, he, he uh, credit where it's due, and you know, and Tom will be the first to mention, as I am, you know, that he had a good game. And uh, but that's what we come to expect of him, and now he's set that standard. You know, if he falls below that standard, he knows that you know he's having a bad game. So um, it's it's good to see what he was he was capable of. I mean, his composure in front of goal was good. He obviously got the goal, um, and I thought the front three linked up really well. All, all you know, apart from that beginning bit of pressure that you know Plymouth put on us, I thought we'd done really well. And um, because we know he can travel with the ball, but you've it's all well and good travelling with the ball and getting into the final third and taking on your man, but. It doesn't get you a goal just by running. You know, you've got to get add that little bit of an emble, that little bit of quality. Um, and he had that on, 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 you know, against Plymouth. And it was, you know, and hopefully he can continue that now until the end of the season. Mm, yeah. And, and what about Jaden Stockley as well, Mark? Obviously, he head, headed home the second goal. Uh, he, oh, he's been an absolute handful ever since he's, he's come in. And, you know, uh, the, the headmaster, they call him, scores with his head, only scores with his head. And he was there. And it's a wonderful cross from Adam Matthews, we have to say, towards the, the near post. But Jaden still had a lot to do to power that into the bottom corner. And, and actually, you know, not quite killed the game off, but put us in a very comfortable position at half time. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's phenomenal up front, really, for this league. Um, anywhere close to him, and he's getting his noggin on it. Um, great finish, brave. You know, he wanted it more than the defender did. And his celebration showed after that. And the dummy he did for Miller's goal was just was exquisite because it was just such a high kick, as it were. And you're thinking, how did the defender fall for that? And um, his his movement, I would hate to be defending against him because he's just he's such a different proposition to someone like Chucks. You know Chucks is going to like push you out of the way and dribble, but, but Jaden will take a run at you, and his movement's quite um, good as well. So I'd, I'd hate to be defending against a, a striker like that. So, I mean, I'd, I'd still, you know, we talked about it in previous shows, you know, I'd still see, see how much he'd want. To, you know, if we can offer him regular football, he might take a, a drop-in wage and see if we could pick him up. Because I think, you know, in this league, to get us out of it next season or in league or in uh, championship, I think he'd be a handful. Yeah. So I'd... I'd be tempted, certainly. Uh, I know, we, we never know what's going to happen in, in the summer just yet. I mean, we've spoken about, I mean, Miller's work for the for the third goal on the counter-attack, but you have to say that the the uh, <laughs> the Plymouth man, uh, Kel Watts, who, who was the one who tried to handball it on the line, uh, then scored an absolutely classic own goal. Because, I mean, Miller done well, but his shot was was blocked and going wide, and Watts just had absolutely no idea where he was, Nate. It's like you in Pop World in Plymouth that time. Oh, that brings back some memories. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I think he didn't really have a, a, good, a good game, uh, that, that Kel Watts. But to be fair, it was weird because, I mean, as soon as as soon as soon we put him in the under sort of sustained pressure ourselves, they seemed to just, they just seemed to be all over the show. And I think Brownie made a good point on the comms where, where they made the sub. They adjusted their system where they were on top. They had the momentum and, you know, Danny Mayer, I think it was, who was getting in pockets, wasn't getting it anymore. So I don't know why he changed uh, the formation. And um, it seemed to invite pressure from us and gave us a lot more space or gave Miller and DJ a lot more space. So, um, yeah, I mean, judging by Ryan Lowe's post-match, um, they were in early the next day and um, there were some choice words, I think, because, you know, whether you've got nothing to play for or not, you know, losing 6-0 at home. Um, is pretty catastrophic, really. 
I mean, even so, I think when did we was it Leeds? We lost six one to at home or something. Yeah, but at least, at least we got one. You know, moral victory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think that was when I think it was was it Mark Fisher who playing who got absolutely turned by Vaduka. I think it was. I can't remember, but yeah, but you shouldn't be beaten six 0 at home, regardless of you know where if it's the last game or not. So, but yeah, they seem to have a nightmare all over the show, really. Yeah, but one of the, one of the first rules of football that is don't get beat six 0 at home. <laughs> it's a rule I live by, though. To be fair, um, uh, Alex Gilby, player who got the, the fifth goal, you know, put us no, sorry, the fourth goal. It is quite easy to lose count, uh, but I mean, you have to say the finish was absolutely superb, and it's a Gilby who's completely come back to life over the last few games. I remember saying I thought I'd seen a couple of little sparks in the Doncaster game, but you know, he's, he's really sort of uh, grabbed grabbed his opportunity now with both hands. Yeah, and I mean, even his own quotes saying that he's he's enjoying it and he feels, you're reading into it that he feels wanted, you know, and I think it's for positivity that um, Nigel is bringing to the um, team and club. Even players who are on the periphery, you know, still feel that they're going to be some use. He's not letting anyone sort of like go wasted. The fact that he took the whole squad to games to, to build up a team, He'd obviously seen when he turned up, said, you know, this squ- if this isn't a squad which is together. This is people feeling, you know, on the outside. And he's he's ch- managed to change that in the, like the month he's been here. And uh, I think, you know, we're reaping the benefits because Gilby's there and, you know, he brought Shinny on for a bit. And you're thinking, so, you know, there's no sulking, there's no hiding. They came on and did their jobs. Um, even, you know, if we're going to talk about Ben Watson. You know, I've been one of his biggest critics and I thought he had a terrific game for us and no booking, which I think shocked all of us. Um, so there's got to be credit all round. So obviously Nigel's getting the best out of his players and I think it bodes well for the last six games. Yeah, certainly does. I mean, final goal, obviously, Chooks and Ike, that's something else. Uh, we've already spoken about Miller's goal. Uh, Chooks and Ike coming on uh, for the sixth. Um, I mean, we, we, we've spoken about something that bodes well for the rest of the season, him being back back on the bench and and back scoring goals, you know, I mean, he, again, you, you, he's almost like a secret weapon because he's gone a few weeks now, Nathan, we forget that we have someone like him in the squad. Yeah, of course, and I think we've had, you know, when we've got all of our strikers fully fit, we've got a different dimension and a different type of player for each, you know, for each type of game. We sort of know what, um, I know Stockley's classed as that battering ram, if that's what you like, but um, he's not going to get in behind you, you know, that's more sort of Washington um, Schwartz, although he hasn't really had much time, he's probably probably more class as a fox in the box sort of thing. And then you've got Chucks who can play with his back to goal, can drive, can move. Um, not the great agility wise in terms of pressing the ball, but it gives us something to think about. And if you're if you're a player like like Plymouth and you've what four or five nil down or whenever he came on and you've got Chucks running at you. I tell you what, I'll be subbing myself off because it's not like it's not something that you're going to enjoy seeing with that big old frame coming at you. And um, he's a powerful lad, and um, I think it's obvious why. You know, we're a physical team, one of the best in set pieces, and, and he offers us something different. And um, it's harsh because we don't play with two up top, but I do think Chucks is better coming off the bench. And I think he'd be disappointed with a second one, the second chance. He probably should have done better there, but. I'm just being greedy, trying to get, go for seven heaven, but you know, six six is enough. No, it, well, it wasn't for me, Nate. Um, you know, I spent as soon as we went five nil up. Obviously, ten minutes after the break, I was we were saying on our comms, like you know, let, let, let's talk about records now. Uh, obviously, 2013 Barnsley away, also six nil, uh, was our largest away win in the league. 
So I had very much had my eyes on beating that, and then we went a, a very disappointing almost 35 minutes without scoring, but we pulled one back, and then we see seen Anike going through, um, Mark. I don't know about you, but I had my eyes lit up. I thought, here we go, we're going to get some sort of record this evening, and really took the shine off it for me, and I'm not even joking. <laughs> I really <laughs> wanted that. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny because um, when Chucks came on, he didn't look to be as mobile as he normally was, and you think to yourself... I know he's just coming back and he's not 100% fit, but he just didn't seem to be, you know, putting some normal hard work in. So when he scored his goal, which was, you know, to him and he's poked it in, I thought to myself, you know, that's good. At least it'll get his confidence up because he's still scoring. So when he was sort of like in on, I wasn't 100% certain because I just thought to myself, he just didn't look, you know, the chucks. I think in that we've, we've seen, you know, this season. So it would have been nice to have seven up. Um, so, you know, it's, gre- it's greedy to say, oh, you know, we're not happy with six, but we are, you know, it's, it's good. It's, and it, what that did, that sent a wave through um, the teams we've gone and have to play. We're going to say, you know what, this, this team, we're on a, such a good run, we're going to have to do, pull out something big to, uh, to stop them. Yeah, 10 without defeat now, obviously, the results elsewhere now throughout the evening. Uh, and most of which came in before before we kicked off, or at least by the time we got to half time, because uh, we kicked off at the outrageously late uh, time of seven forty five, which is, <laughs> hasn't happened too often this season. But when we're seeing Portsmouth getting beat, we're seeing Oxford getting beat heavily. Um, you know, some of these results coming in around us. I think did Blackpool uh, did they get beat as well? Yeah, they, yeah, lost, they, they lost as well. So. You know, I mean, it couldn't have gone much better for us, really, on the evening. I think Lincoln got 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 some points, which which is obviously a good result for them. But we 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 are in, you know, and and weeks ago, I mean, it got to a stage where at one point I'd written us off. Tom keeps writing us off and is reluctant to change his mind. I mean, we are now what? How, how many games in this season? We've got five games left to play, and I think Rick Everett pointed out if we win three of those, we're almost certainly going to be in the playoffs, and might not even have to come to that depending on, on what, what below us happens. I mean, we are we are now in with a massive, massive shout to the extent that I'd have to say would be among the favourites to be in the playoffs now. Yeah, I think I think even maybe even two wins. I think because you've got a lot of teams playing each other. I mean, we've got Hull. We've got I know they're past it anyway. We've got we've got uh, Peterborough. Um, I think we've got another one in there somewhere. But um, yeah, I think you might even go seventy-one, seventy-two, maybe because usually it's around seventy-one, seventy-two, seventy-three to get to the playoffs, but. I mean, yeah, I was the same. I mean, it got to a stage where we were so inconsistent. It was like, I think it's over, but, you know, I'm going to enjoy it if we do. But I can't. It, de- it just depends on what Charlton team turns up on the day. And the last few weeks, it, you know, good teams have turned up consistently. And we're just like, just like we did last time we was in the league. We just sort of come out of nowhere. So, of course, I'm going to take it. But, I mean, um, yeah, it's the proof's going to be in the pudding, I mean, on Saturday. Um, I think we're coming up against a team, in my opinion, who've got the best front three in the league, and um, it's going to be a task. But yeah, it couldn't have felt any any nicer for us, considering we were chasing the pack, and now we've got games in hand, and we're actually in sixth place, and it's in our hands. So if it falls from here, we've only got one person to blame, or we've only got ourselves to blame, rather. So well, who's your one person? Let's pick them. <laughs> oh dear, Deji. You... <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, he hasn't really played, but. <laughs> But I mean, if you're going to blame anyone, it probably would be, wouldn't it? But um, <laughs> but no, yeah. I mean, we've got ourselves to break. We we didn't think it was going to happen. It has. And listen, it, again, we still know there's been times where we haven't turned up, but we look so much more solid now. Like Nigel's got us so much 
they've got structurally set up so well and uh, a good platform to build on. So just take each game. I'm not going to get too excited because then like playoffs can happen and Sunderland are in there and surely it won't happen three times in a row. But who knows? <laughs> well, yep, you never know. Right, let's hear from that man, Nigel Adkins, then uh, the Addicts boss. I spoke to him after the game uh, down at Home Park and this is how it went. Nigel, congratulations. Uh, it's a record equaling away win, Charlton's biggest league away win uh, record equaling. I don't know if you knew that, but I did, I yeah, didn't what did you make that, of it? No. I was really pleased. You know, I thought the application, challenging beginning of the game, you know, I thought give Plymouth credit. We knew they were a good football inside and they got on the front foot and we had to defend four or five corners to start off with. But, um, you know, we knew with the shape that uh, Plymouth had, we could get ourselves on the on the football and we've done that. Um, we, we've getting the full-backs on the ball and getting the flow of the game and getting, um, for example, Liam Miller one-on-one. And he'd done that with electrifying pace to put the cross in for Kasky to go and score the goal. And we knew we thought we'd give him a few issues with, with, with crosses and, uh, again, uh, Stockley's gone and scored off an Adam Matthews cross. So, uh, But I must say... Ben Amos has made a very, very, very important save at the start of the second half because that save there, 2-1 to them. We always know 2-0 two, two up is a dangerous scoreline and we talked about that in the dressing room. And then from that save, we've gone down the other end and gone and scored. So that was a, that was a big turning point in, in where the game could go because Plymouth, Ryan's done a great job here. Plymouth are a good football inside. They play. But I thought we were very roof, ruthless in our, in our finishing. Uh, I thought we had a good defensive resolve about ourselves. We were aggressive in our in our press, uh, and we put ourselves in a good position to win the game. And for me, I was able to make five substitutions as well. Um, and we've gone on. And yes, we scored six. We could have got seven at the end with, with Chuck's going through there. But I'm really pleased with the attitude and the application of all the players. After the Sunderland game, we spoke about how that would be a statement going to a side like Sunderland and beating them, scoring six goals. That must be another statement to the rest of the top six. Well, listen, we're in the race. I think that's the important thing. We've got good momentum. We've got another. T- we've got tough games coming up. We all know that. But what we've got is you've seen we've got a, a group of players who are working extremely hard for each other. There's a good spirit amount amongst them. Another clean sheet. You know we're defensively hard to play against, um, and we've got goal scoring threats. And uh, again, Chucks is on there. Connie Washington comes back into the squad at the weekend, and in, in mates and so. Uh, and Ryan Innes, who have not uh, we've not travelled today. We made sure that we've looked after him. So the squad is is strong, going into a very, very important uh, run of games now. But we're well and truly in this race. I don't like to single out players after performances like that, but I thought Liam Miller, who has uh, you know always been a, a threat down the wing, but perhaps just needed to add a couple more assists, and, he, and he's done that again this evening. Well, that's it. And what we've tried to do is put him in a position where he's one-on-one to be isolated in that, and uh, he's gone and done it really, really well. So it's, it's, again, there was a purpose of what we wanted to do when we had the football. And uh, I think that was clear for everybody to go and see. Do you pay much attention to the other results during the game or do you only concentrate on yourself because a lot of them went very well this evening? I, I've just, I haven't seen the results. I've just been told the results have gone well. I, I can't control what other people do. I just focus on me. So probably I'll sit down with a cup of tea later on and have a little look at the results and, uh, uh, and digest that. But uh, for me, I just focus on what, what we can control. So, But Tom just highlighted that the results have gone our way. So that, that's a pleasing news. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So we meet again and I offer my hand all dry and English slow. And you look at me and I understand you. It's a look I used to know. Good ball out here on the right-hand side of Smith. Smith, ball into the box. For Anika, the outfit! Oh, what a runner! Superb goal by Joan. Brilliantly worked on this right-hand side. Smith with the cross. And Anika's on hand to bury his header. Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Looking back at Tuesday evening's uh, emphatic 6-0 win uh, over Plymouth down at, down at Home Park. I mean, you could hear, Mark, that Nigel was obviously very happy uh, with the performance. Um, you know, did, did, did mention, obviously, the importance of that save from, from Ben Amos. But, I mean, it, it must be so satisfying going into a, into a new job and, and seeing it starting as, as well as it has for, for Nigel. Yeah, I mean, he's got such a reputation. I mean, all the fans of his previous clubs have said, you know, we're lucky to have him. And, yeah, we're lucky We're lucky to have him. And uh, so it's, it's, it is good for him to look around and say, you know what, they're listening to what I'm teaching them. They're listening to what Jacko's teaching them. They're listening to what Yuli's teaching them. Um, they're picking up, they're absorbing it, which, you know, it's obviously we'd reached an impasse uh, before you know, before the changeover of managers. And uh, it, it's paying off. And we've seen that week in, week out. There's been week in improvements. You know, even when we haven't won, we've seen improvements because we haven't conceded silly goals. We haven't looked like we would. And, you know, players are now fit and there's competition virtually in every position. Um, obviously, you know, you, you can rotate if he needs. And, you know... The positivity is just exuding from him. You know, his morning walk talks are just brilliant. Yeah, and yeah, he uh, encouraged me actually to have a look around the Plymouth Hoe area uh, on uh, on Tuesday after after his little walk, and I did enjoy that. Right, let's have a look at some of the tweets and emails that have come in uh, on that performance. Uh, Big Tone says it was a great game uh, from start to finish, defended superbly, attacked with intent, and now we are converting the chances that we create, whereas a couple of months ago we weren't clinical enough in the final third also a big mention to ben purrington who has been brilliant of late yeah i mean what did you make of ben uh knife on uh on tuesday i mean uh, putting a couple of decent crosses but he's, he's looked overall very solid and, and again you know a, play, a player that i know you sort of look out for <laughs> yeah i mean to be fair like to be fair to ben um he's done he's done really well since he come in i must admit i've always said that you know, he's solid defensively. I just find that he lacks anything going forward because as soon as he goes forward, he seems to come backwards or sideways and he doesn't penetrate enough um, in the final third. But he put a great ball in in, um, 
you know, on the on Tuesday. Um, and I think he'd done, done all right again, you know, in the previous game as well. So fair play to him. He's done, he's, he's come in and done a good job. And, um, but yeah, he's he looked like he's working on his, his offensive side of the game a lot more. But, you know, I have been one of his biggest critics. Um, and, you know, I'll eat my humble pie if that's what the saying is or whatever it is. But, um, yeah, no, he's been great since he came in. And fair play to him because it's like you need like it's like you need a hybrid, don't you, really, of a Martson and a Ben Perrin, really, because he's great going forward but not so great and vice versa for Ian. But, well, now that he's a right winger now, I don't know if that's that makes sense. But, yeah, he's done great when he comes in. So, credit where due, mate. Yeah, certainly is. Uh, yeah, and big time pointing out is nice that we can just talk about the football again. Certainly is. Right, Robert says, uh, everyone was immense all over the pitch and a great work ethic throughout and still pressing with 20 minutes, uh, with minutes, sorry, left on the clock. A special mention to Amos for his great save and quick thinking to throw to Miller for the third and game over. From then on, Posh, you are next. Uh, I assume he means Peterborough there and not he's not targeting Victoria Beckham, but you never know. I reckon we could beat her 6-0 if we, if we played her. Right, Gary says, Hi guys, thank God for Stockley. If we had to rely on the other three, we'd be in trouble. Uh, one player not up to speed. One has always got a knock or can't play 90 minutes. And Washington can't do it up front on his own, like Stockley. Very enjoyable. Uh, listen, keep up the good work. Cheers, Gary. couple of emails uh, come in as well. Clive uh, says, uh, Dear Louis, terrific result this evening, proving uh, that we now have fit players and strength in depth. Question, how many of the 16 players who played this evening do not have a contract with us after the end of this season? Answer, 13. We urgently need to get some signatures on paper before the Wolves start circling. Obviously, that, I mean, that's something we've spoken about quite recently, Mark, but it's, 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 it's obviously, I mean, it is hard when you don't know what division you're in, but also Nigel will, I guess, want to assess completely between now and the end of the season. But, I mean, he will simply have to start moving fast. You know, someone like Chucks and EK, will he have championship suitors? Maybe he's waiting for that. You don't really know, but it's, it's sort of like a game of chess when it comes to your contract renewals as to who's going to go first. I mean, players are in a strong position these days that they can wait to see if they can get anything better. Yeah, but it's a, it's a bit of a roundabout because it's all it works both ways because we can pick up some players who have been released by clubs and you're thinking, wow, he, he could really do a job for us. So, you know, obviously there's a difference between something like Chucks and Jake, you know, with an age limit and you might think he'd make a bit more money or it could be, you know, a last decent move. So look at it in that way. But, it, it's 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 difficult because obviously no one knows what's going on behind VM scenes. We all have players who we'd like to sign, and probably players who you know if they didn't sign, you'd go well, fair enough. But it seems to be, you know, most most fans differ in opinion on who they'd like and who they don't want. So it until the end of the season, like I say, until we know what division we're in, and then we can say right, you know, we can offer X amount of money because we're going to be getting more money come down, trickle down, and how much money Thomas is going to do, but he's going to do it sensibly. So if someone's offering, you know, 10 grand more to play somewhere else, they're going to go. And, you know, it's without a thing, I, as much as I like the players in this team, there's no one in this team where actually if they, if they went, I would be that gutted by it as, you know, like, like when Johnny Williams went and Tom was upset. There's no one here who are thinking, you know what, who we couldn't replace. And it's not that I, you know, I, I like the players, and I think I'd like to see a lot of them stay for next season. But there's no, it's, it's not got that kind of thing in mind. I don't know whether it's because we've not been there this season. There's, it seems almost like a disconnect. But whereas in previous seasons, when a player's gone, like Jan, 
you know, it guts you. But, you know, with this with this team, there are players I'd be sad to see lose, but would it upset me as much as previous years? No, but that could just be the sign of the times. Mm, yeah, I do wonder if there is still, like, as you mentioned, because fans haven't... I mean, there's players who will play for this team that will never be seen by a Charlton fan. It's just, just strange how it goes, really. But, yeah, I do wonder if that, that does form part of the disconnect. But also, I mean... You know the the stability, any any form of team ethic, or if if he gets any form of spine into his team and players that he likes to play around, it'll be difficult for Nigel if he has to start fully over again in in the summer. And that's what Clive's email points out there. But he may well have to do that to some extent, right? Phil says, "Hi guys, it's happened at last. The lads have shown their true potential. I felt for the last couple of seasons that we have the ability to punish teams, but have played with that fear of giving it away." if we didn't try and defend as soon as we got our noses in front. On Tuesday, those fears were blown away. Perhaps on the sea breeze, we showed uh, the other teams that we can mix it with the best and teams should expect a tough game against us. I feel that it's almost impossible to pick out a man of the match and suggest that every member of the team that played their part uh, should be awarded for their endeavours. Peterborough will be looking to confirm their top two status on Saturday, but I'm confident that we can handle the pressure and certainly get a result, maybe take all three points to turn our home form around for the remaining games. And no doubt, two or three changes to keep the squad fresh, probably Innes and Washington uh, coming back. It'll be hard to name those that would make way. I'm continuing the, the full curry uh, pre-match routine, uh, which has been in place for the last 10 games, and I'm sure it's put fire in the bellies of the team. It certainly has mine. I feel sorry for the lads that are not getting in uh, the squad at the moment, as I'm sure that with the current positivity around the team, they would all perform very well. I did say a couple of weeks ago, I preferred our run into that of Portsmouth, and looks what's happened uh, to them in their last four matches against struggling opponents fighting for life. Yeah, it's certainly uh, not going well for... Pompey, obviously your foul carry, curry uh, <laughs> a pre-match routine has been going well for us. I mean, yeah, I, Nigel, I mean, we'll obviously we'll talk a bit more about the game later on, but Nigel did say that we've got three bodies coming back in the form of, of Ryan Innes and uh, Connor Washington and Ian Martson on, on Saturday, uh, Nathan. So, I mean, competition in the squad. I mean, you literally, you can't say that any of them will walk into this team, whereas maybe even a month ago, they probably would have. Well, exactly, and that's what you want. Um, I've been... <laughs> Be very asked to drop anyone from Tuesday um, or Wednesday, whenever it was. Um, very asked to drop them, but that's what you want, you know. And I think Phil made a good point there, saying you know we've realised their potential, and that's the difference of being a decent player and being a very good player. You can't just switch it off and on, you know. If you do it consistently, that's the difference between you staying at League One sort of level or you going on beyond that one. Um, going into the Championship and the Premier League, where a lot of players will want to aspire, maybe not the Premier League probably more towards a younger lot but you know certainly championship and that's what makes you that what makes you strive and I think that's what's pushed the lads on having that you know that squad I mean Ronnie Schwartz we know he's a good finisher but he can't get in you know he doesn't have any right to be ahead of Stockley or Chuck because yeah he's not had the minutes but that's because they've been scoring and it's his it's his job now to try and out you know force the others out so competition's good um and yeah, and it's the same as, you know, Innes and Martson and um, Washington. They've got to come in and when they get their chance, they've got to say to Nigel, no, I'm the one you want to stick with, not the other one. So it's all healthy. It's all good. And again, to go with that depth that we're going into with these cruncher games and if the playoffs happen, having again that little, those all those different options come can be pivotal. 
Mm, yeah, certainly. Uh, right, Alex uh, Litton emails in. Hi, Charlton Live. I thought the play in the final third was much improved from the last few weeks. There was a consistently good final ball and finish, which makes all the difference. I still think that the quality of passing could improve. We struggled to hold the ball in midfield for very long. It says a lot that almost all six goals came from a move with less than five passes. Not that I'm complaining. Great show, guys. I'm convinced now that we will make the top six. That's from Alex. I mean, just quickly, Mark, your thoughts on that? I mean, uh, maybe the game against Ipswich, we saw times where we didn't keep the ball as well. Obviously, sat, uh, the, the opening 20 minutes on Tuesday again against Plymouth wasn't great, but when they, they switched their shape and gave us a little bit more to uh, room to play and we, we did become a lot more clinical, uh, I mean, there's always room for improvement even after a 6-0 win. Yeah, there, there always is. And I think it's... You, you enjoy it. We always say, you know, don't go too high, don't get too low with things. Um, but I think you've got to take the positives. We, it's a big old pitch for Plymouth pitch, but we, we sort of like controlled it after the first 10 minutes. Um, and, you know, the passing was was good. And a couple of times where you're thinking, yourself, you know, I know that I think the phrase in football is reset, you know, and it goes back and you reset to it again. But we, we were resetting with purpose as opposed to being um almost like a negative pass it was almost right this is this is going to lead somewhere and so when we made that incisive pass and you know it, it worked and i think again credit must go to nigel for picking you know what's i think it raised an eyebrow when he started watson over prattley but i think it did give jake a bit more leeway to get on the ball and drive a bit more forward, and Gilby was flitting around, you know, because Watson was was controlling it, and he sees everything in front of him. Where Prattley is more of your midfield enforcer, so he'll go and get the ball back for you. Where Watson probably sat a little deeper and was controlling what was in front of him. So it was it was it was clinical, I think would be the word. So and the passing was crisp, and you know we we didn't look out of place for where we are in the league. I think, like, like as Mark was saying, in terms of obviously Watson and Prattley, I think if you look at the way that that Gilby's come back on the scene and the way we're trying to play, he's more trying to be that more advanced midfielder to try and make those late runs. So, without that pivot that you know Prattley would be, you've got Jake and Ben, and we're probably going to be outnumbered. So they might have to go that little bit direct and play off Stockley, which is where Gilby's coming into force and he's obviously come back and come into form. So um, I've been critical in terms of keeping the ball as well. But if you're looking at how Nigel's obviously setting up, I can see why we're not doing it. But yeah, I think like Mark was saying, when Prattley's there, he's the enforcer. And then you've got the, when Watson plays, you've got the more sort of composure in that middle of the park. Excellent stuff. Right. Uh, the other news uh, uh, ahead of Saturday uh, is of course, that it is the, uh, the, the walk for the upbeats on, on Saturday. Um, uh, fans have been encouraged by the Charlton Athletic Community Trust to walk a mile or more for the Charlton Upbeats uh, and then to donate a tenner towards the side. Um, so if you want to have a look on the Charlton Athletic Community Trust website, they'll, they'll give you the details how to sign up. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Nigel uh, Adkins obviously met met some of the chaps last week and uh, had a good week, uh, had a good walk around the, uh, the training ground with them. Now, obviously, Carl, who helps run uh, the Upbeats, uh, says that the annual Upbeats Walk is always an enjoyable event. Unfortunately, of course, uh, due to the COVID pandemic, uh, we'll once again have to do this walk in our local areas uh, rather than as one big group. So we're grateful to all the Charlton supporters uh, who have given the Upbeats hope 
uh, uh, help over many years. Uh, it's vital that we do reach there's a 25 grand target again to keep the program running for another year and plan residential trips and various groups for the activities for the upbeats uh, to look forward to. So uh, make sure uh, you can um, sign up to that. Uh, look out for the details. We'll share the details on the chat on live Twitter as well. Uh, as I mentioned, I do. I do. I am still planning on. Uh, I'm going to walk to the valley from home. Uh, which is uh, about four miles. I think it's not that. It's not, not going to. It's not going to break the <laughs> break break a world record or anything. But I'm going to do that. It's going to do my little bit and donate some money. Uh, so hopefully you guys can as well uh, uh, before Saturday's game. And then make sure you sat down in front of the stream for half one uh, when the upbeats will be playing uh, at the Valley. So make sure you, you sit down and watch that. Right uh, on. Uh, well, during this week, um, uh, it was it sort of Sunday evening? Was it? it was just just before we started to record Sunday's pod? Actually, there was this sort of rumor going around about some sort of Super League conversation going. On. I didn't really mention it on Sunday because nothing had come out officially yet, and I found it a bit confusing because I was like, surely they wouldn't do that, but they did. Uh, six of the uh, of the biggest clubs. Uh, I was gonna, I wouldn't say most successful clubs because we are literally talking about Tottenham Hotspur in this in this conversation. Uh, but six of the bigger clubs uh, from the from the Premier League, along with six clubs from elsewhere in Europe, uh, decided they were going to take their ball home and, and just go and play with themselves for a little while, which is probably a, quite the right way of putting it, really. <laughs> but um, uh, decided they were going to have a bit of a closed shop. Uh, obviously, the the ideas fallen over already they've sort of uh had, had a really embarrassing climb down uh but for, before we talk about it i thought you might guys might want to hear what uh, nigel adkins uh, made on i did ask him uh, after the game on tuesday for his thoughts on uh the apparent uh, so-called breakaway super league i've not heard the statement from thomas obviously he's made a club statement so i'm not aware of, of what's gone out but obviously from a, a a footballing man you know what i mean i'll probably stand with the majority of the of the country where you know what was was mooted could be very um, detrimental to the to the future of, of football, and we don't want that. So um, you know, if things are materialising where that's not going to happen, then I'm sure a lot of us would be very pleased about that. Football's about dreaming. Charlton want to get into the championship. Plymouth want to get into the championship. You know, it, it this, does things where there's no relegation and, and the close shop doesn't feel it, right. It, it, it's been proved that it's not going to be. It's not good for English football. I don't think it's good for football. Or sport in general. I know it's like the the American franchise of the NFL have probably got it that way, which is maybe where it is. But we've got a dream. Everyone's got to have that dream. You know, I've been at Scunthorpe United, and we dream. We got to the championship. You know what I mean? And we were, we were six in the championship at one stage. Every team needs to have an opportunity. When I was at Southampton, we were twenty third in, in League One when I took over. We got ourselves to the to the Premier League, and then the clubs kicked on and played in Europe. You know what I mean? And, and you know situation that but everyone Charlton I've joined Charlton Athletic because the owner has set out the vision to where we want to get to whether I'll still be here when that happens who knows but the vision for the football club and the supporters is trying to get ourselves up there so we've got to keep that dream alive so if the Super League doesn't materialise we keep that dream alive then far better for every football club and every supporter out there in the future there we go Nigel uh, proper football man as, uh, as they say um not up for it, Mark, as we heard there. I mean, it's just been a bit of a bizarre week. Obviously, the finances of football are, are always ridiculous and there's always strange things going on. But, you know, this idea that these people had looked like it was just going to uh, completely ruin the football pyramid and, and just talk about greed and... and, and uh, it, it, it was an outrageous idea and I'm, I'm glad it's fallen apart already. Yeah, it's funny because I, I was speaking to um, a friend of mine. We used to sit um, together in the um, lower north and I said, do you remember that we had a conversation about 10 years ago? And I said to him that 
you know, with a Champions League the way it was going, it wasn't going to be that long before these clubs were going to form a breakaway league. And he said, no, that'll never happen. And you know, that was 10 years ago we had this conversation. Um, it's, a strange, it's a strange one um, because obviously the immediate kickback from everybody was just like, no, this, this just can't happen. And there was two things with that. When, you know, with all this outrage, you're thinking, hold on a minute, there's been so many clubs like Berry, Macclesfield who have gone to the wall with bad owners and it hasn't even made like almost like the bottom page of some newspapers. And yet suddenly one of the, you know, the premiership with the exalted, you know, holy ground, um, and it's just an international thing. I'm thinking, you know what, it's it did seem strange. It just obviously all based on greed. And, you know, they're going to get away with it because nothing's going to happen. They're not going to be sanctioned or anything or, you know, no points deduction, anything like that for what is, you know, trying to upset the apple cart. And, you know, if they, it's just greedy owners thinking, oh, yeah, no, because clubs would rather watch Barcelona, uh, Chelsea, than they would watch sort of like Chelsea Everton or, you know, Chelsea Charlton or Chelsea Chesterfield. And, you know, it's it was just pure, pure greed. And uh, after you talk to Nathan, I've got a list of the teams who, if they did form a breakaway league, I'd give you afterwards. Hmm. All right. I mean, I mean, Nathan, your, your views are now out. The, the thing that gets me is, I mean, obviously it would be this closed shop situation, but hmm. because the Premier League and, and the various domestic leagues around the country want to seek to protect themselves, I mean, there's every chance that these teams would have been kicked out of, of the Premier League, which, I, I mean, we can't kid ourselves. I know a lot of people are like, oh, good, get rid of them. I mean, it would have made a big problem because there, there are enough fans out there who would watch that rather than the Premier League because the brand of Man United or the brand of Liverpool, or, you know, not, not a brand. I still can't believe Tottenham were in there. But, um, <laughs> yeah, and I know you, you've got a soft spot for Spurs as well. But, I mean, it, it's just the, the idea of it, just watching the same rubbish every season. I mean, it, 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 surely it would have got boring anyway. I mean, to, to your, your average football fan, if it's the same thing every week, a lot of dead rubbers every season, sure, surely it would have been that interesting anyway. Yeah, it's, I mean, okay, obviously the uproar happened, um, but it's, it, it's not the first and it won't be the last, unfortunately. Until we reset it, until we look at the finances and the models of football itself, it's just going to keep happening because if you have a leak, at, you know, if you look at the football finances and try and compare it to something in everyday life, if you have a leak in your ceiling, you've got a water stain, you can carry on painting over it, but it's still going to keep coming through and we can stick as many plasters as we want and re package everything as much as we want but the simple fact is is that the money isn't being distributed correctly i mean it's what the last what since last between 2004 and 2010 i think it is like players wages have doubled in the premier league and the championship and now in the championship you've now got players wages that are more or less what the premier league was a few years ago and then the disparity between the two going down to league one it's huge. But then even now, you look at League One wages, you've probably got some players on probably nearing 10 grand a week, which was probably unheard of a few years ago. So the whole model is broken and it will continue to happen because because of the pandemic, they've got to get recoup their money some, somewhere along the line. It's not like they could just keep writing checks out willy-nilly, you know? So it needs to be looked at and it's not. it will just keep happening, mate. And... Um, and yeah, I mean, in terms of the, the big six thing, yeah, I don't know where, you know, Tottenham and Arsenal can barely even win the own league, their own domestic league, let alone a big, big super league. So, but again, yeah, I'm not a big fan of it. I don't think, 
meritocracy, you need to have that. So otherwise, what have clubs got to aspire to? What have a Burnley got to aspire to? What's the point? You know, if you're not going to achieve anything. So, but hopefully it won't be the first, but unless someone sits down and looks at the wages and we have a few years of pain, it's going to carry on, mate. Mm, yeah, the bubble surely has to burst at, at some point. Although, you know, the idea of, you know, the, if it had become a closed shop, you just wonder how many more Thomas Sandgards would be that bothered about coming into a Cholton then? Because, well, you know, deep down, I mean, he talks about going into Europe. I mean, deep down, that's got to be part of his long-term dream. Or, you know, as unrealistic as it is. But, you know, certainly clubs like in, in the Premier League would all of a sudden have very little to play for other than the TV money in the Premier League, which would surely diminish if there was a Super League anyway. So it would it would really ruin the, the footballing ecosystem. Right, come on in, Mark. What's your, what's your list of teams you'd like to see was right. it in, so in the if, Super League or, or replacing yeah, this, the sides? Basically, no. If they can take these, t- these teams... And we'd never play them again. I would be as happy as I could possibly be. Right. Can I guess one? Yes. I'm pretty sure, if, judging from previous shows, I reckon Luton's on there. Luton's not on the list. Because no. I remember, you seem to be, there's always a yep. couple of clubs that you just hate for some reason. Oh, no, no, no. Luton and Leeds got very close to making my six, but Swansea, <laughs> Swansea come in top. Can't, you know, oh, too, too, too long for the show to go. What? 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 They're just like a, it's like a Fulham. It's like hating no, a Fulham. T- t- we have the last couple of things, though. One, when they were gloating over taking Gallagher and with that. And then when we were going through all our trouble, the Swansea fans were going, oh, if you go out of business, it doesn't even make a blip. So, you know, they, they, can, they can do one. Um, Ipswich, goes without saying. Derby, because I hate their karaoke fans. Middlesbrough, um, for a private story, I'll tell you another time. Milton Keynes, <laughs> Milton Keynes Dons, because a franchise shouldn't exist. And then finally, any team that Steve Evans is currently managing. Uh, so. Excellent choice. Yeah, I mean, Ipswich, <laughs> just saying Ipswich goes without saying. I mean, it doesn't go without saying. That's, <laughs> if, if, Mark, Mark's head is a fascinating place when it comes to the football teams he despises. But he has certainly found a winning formula to make sure that no one would ever watch the Super League if it did come into fruition there with those sides. Right, uh, let's have a break into the final part of the show where we are looking ahead to Saturday's uh, massive game with the team formerly managed by Steve Evans, Peterborough United. <laughs> Shinny prepares to take. Shinny takes. It's a shot. Oh, great break. The power was too strong for Eastwood. He dived to his left, but it's passed him. And Shinny, who got the assist for the first goal, now opens his Charlton account with a lovely free kick. And Charlton, just before half time, make it two. That you're going to be okay anyway. You know there's no Charlton Live. Welcome back. This is the final part of uh, this week's Charlton Live, the big match preview. No press day today, actually. They're doing it on Friday uh, this week. Um, So I I do have a tiny little bit of audio from Nigel. I did ask him on Tuesday uh, how he was feeling uh, ahead of the Peterborough game, and this is what he had to say. I went to watch Peterborough play Sunderland, actually, but Peterborough. Peterborough, good side, massive threats. I'm sure they're still second in the league, are they? Yeah. You know, they're, they're every chance they're going to be in the automatic promotion uh, position to go up. So we know it's going to be a tough, 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 tough game. But I'd like to hope that uh, Peter Bruno is going to be a tough game for them as well. As I said, we've got momentum, we've got spirit. You know, we've been, we've been solid in our defensive resolve. And we've got massive goal threats, which have been demonstrated again tonight. There we go. That's Nigel Adkins. Thank you to Nigel. So, yeah, big, I mean, it's a massive game. I, I, we... we Obviously, we'll talk about Paul, uh, Peterborough in a minute, but we have to focus on ourselves. 
so so we've set that target of what three wins maybe two but probably may maybe three so get one of those on saturday and you've got four games to get the other two mark i mean i mean this is a big big opportunity for us again after the statement we made at sunderland and the statement we made on tuesday to just just follow that i mean i know there's been a lot of statements in football this week you know from super league clubs but let's let's make our own one and let's make it three points at home at the valley yeah, I think it's a dangerous way to look at it to say that we need so many wins out of the games we have left because if you lose Saturday, you go, I'll tell you, we've got more games left to get those wins. It's like, next game, just take it. Um, they're, they're a different proposition, Peterborough. Um, I think they were lucky to beat us at their place. Um, and they've got some strikers who are on fire at the moment. So I think he'll bring Ryan in um, back and... But I don't see we've got anything to be fearful of because they're going to look at us and say, you know what, this lot are absolutely bouncing. You know, we're going to turn it round um, at home. And because we've got the majority of home games um, left, you know, there's no reason we've, like, we can't pick up a win Saturday. It will be difficult. It'll be more of a, um, I think it'll be harder one than both Ipswich and Plymouth. But, you know, if the right players come in and he sets them up the right way, you know, obviously, I think the big thing about it was they stayed overnight in a hotel and travelled back on the um, Wednesday, which, you know, makes a big difference in this league because so often, you know, be on the coach, like I said, you'd be getting home five o'clock in the morning and then you know, that's it, that day's almost wasted. You don't really recover. So, you know, spending a night in a hotel and having a proper travel back will be beneficial for us. If there's no knocks picked up, you know, I don't know if he'll change it too much. Um, it's difficult with Washington coming back because he's such a he works so well up front and puts a lot of pressure on. So if he's fit, I'd probably put Washington up alongside Stockley and uh, Miller, instant, you know, and drop DJ to the bench and say, right, be an impact sub and come on for half an hour and, and run at them. But it's it's a difficult one because they've got a couple of strikers who are really sort of like in good form at the moment. Mm, yeah, I mean that's an interesting team news question there that that, that Mark's answered. I mean, I'm, I'm just briefly looking at Peterborough's form. I mean, they're beaten at home by Gillingham uh, on Tuesday, which was their first defeat in six. Um, you know, they're obviously a good side. I, I do feel we were unlucky to lose to them at uh, at London Road earlier on in the campaign, but you know they're 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 on the brink. They're I think Sunderland just closed the gap, you know, by picking up that point at Hull uh, or against Hull when when Peterborough were losing. But you know, we we know they're a big side, and, and I think they're probably going to finish in the top two. Now I can't see Sunderland catching up with them, Nathan. So hopefully we will just catch them getting a little bit complacent, maybe. Yeah, possibly. I think. Um, I mean, when you've got those, that front three, I think they're dangerous anyway. I don't think Dembele will be. At Peterborough, if they don't go up, um, there's a good chance they might not be in the championship. If and I think he might go like one of the Scottish ones or a bigger championship club. So yeah, it's, hopefully we can ask for an off day. But listen, it's doable. They had a lot of the ball against Gillingham, um, but the danger with you know Sammy Schmodex can go in behind or come short, and the same as Dembele. So and then Johnson Clark Harris is what it is. So we've got to keep them quiet. So it's going to be a test. A much different proposition than we had on Tuesday against Plymouth. But uh, on our day, they're going to be looking at the result, as we were saying earlier. They've looked at that result and go, oh, hang about. Don't they? they ain't mucking about these Charlton lads, are they? So, um, yeah, I think you try and focus on ourselves. We're at home. Um, and, yeah, we'll just see how it goes. But it's going to be a good game. But, I mean, if we do beat them, 
I know that they're a bit far away from Sunderland, but it does give a bit of it does make them squeaky bum time for Peterborough because they always seem to fall away, don't they? So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. Um, if we do lose it, we've still it's still in our hands, so I'm not going to be too devastated. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean the one bit the one bit of team news then, other than what you've already talked about, Mark, the big question. Obviously, Ryan Innes is back and available. Does he does he come straight back in? You know, Akin and, and Jason haven't really put a foot wrong. I'd say, I'd argue that Pierce is undroppable at the moment. Obviously, Akin's only come back in for one game while Innes was rested. So. Nigel's got a bit of a decision to make there. Yeah, well, I'd said I thought he was going to put Fainwell in against Plymouth, only to negate their, the speed of their attack. I think it's difficult because, I mean, Clark Harris for Peebles, he's, he's got like 28 goals this season. So everything he, he hits is going in. Um, I think what Ennis gives us is a threat at the other end as well. Because he is such a unit, um, when we get corners and he's... You know, he proved it against Ipswich. You know, he got so many clean headers at corners. Okay, we didn't capitalise on it, but there's something there for us. Um, I don't think Fainwell's as dangerous in the opposition box, but, you know, he's he's quick at the back. Um, Yeah, it's like Nathan says, you know, they've got a front three who you have to keep an eye on. But I think, you know, you're not going to change it too much. So, like I say, I think, personally, Washington and Ennis in and keep it as is um, for everyone else. Excellent stuff. Right, we've run out of time on this week's uh, big match preview. Thanks to all of you who've got involved uh, with the show. Don't forget to get out and do your mile for the upbeats uh, on Saturday. Um, right, thanks to Mark and to Nathan for joining me. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Good to have you both with me. Don't forget, we'll be back on Sunday to look back at the Peterborough game and ahead to next Tuesday's home game uh, with Crew Alexander. I'm Louis Mendes. I look forward to speaking to you again then. <laughs> catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 